All right, Justin. Sing me a song that makes you wish that instead of listening to it, you were poisoned or injected with venom of some sort. Oh, man. You know what? I'll even be easier than that. Just sing a song that makes you wish you were dead instead of listening to it. Dead in any way you want. Even just a peaceful, fall asleep, never woke up death. But just anything to not listen to that song. Wow. Man. Uh... (laughs) Man, I'm trying to think. Is there a song I hate that much? Man, I, I really, I, I hate Metallica's Unforgiven too. But I've already done that. I've already used it, so I don't think it would be fair to recycle. You know what, count. Justin? It, with this movie, it's fair to recycle because that's pretty much what the movie did. Yeah, recycle, <laughs> recycle your little heart out, Justin. <laughs> This Sony don't give a fuck. Why do you? You're right. <laughs> so maybe we can do it. How does that lyric go? That stupid lyric at the at the beginning. Oh yeah, what I felt, what I known. Sick and tired, I stand alone. Cause beyond the door, I will open it for you. Because you're unforgiven too. I hate the sad version of Unforgiven. It's so stupid. Uh, fuck it you get five points because nothing has nothing has meaning anymore people are fucking just throwing their fucking money at this goddamn movie fuck it you get five points just fuck it fuck everything uh heather what about you (laughs) same thing or not do whatever the fuck you want really just (laughs) what matters nothing I mean, a song that I absolutely, like, can't stand is that uh, Butterfly Kisses song. <laughs> Butterfly Kisses, Bedtime Prayer, Little White Flowers, Thumping Her Hair. It's a terrible song, and it's so cheesy, and it's so terrible. I don't know if you guys even know that song, but nope. it's Never fucking heard it in played. my life. No, never heard of it. Uh, <laughs> People play it at weddings um, as, like, the father-daughter dance song all the time. That sounds like terrible. Slow, stupid, almost country sounding, super slow, cheesy song. That's what it is. No offense to people who like it. I just really, really don't. I, oh, it, it feels like, and not like, granted, never hearing the song and maybe understanding five words you said. Um, I'm just gonna assume. It's a song that should never be played at a father-daughter dance. So fuck it. Heather, you get five points. <laughs> Great, I'll take it. So. Like, welcome to Cinema Slayer's podcast, The Nihilist Edition. Because life <laughs> is meaningless and nothing matters. Just- Would it be fair to say we, st- we started the episode with Carnage? 
No, there Justin. And I will say this. That is the quality of joke that you get out of this fucking movie. Right. <laughs> that is a top tier Venom Let There Be Carnage joke. If that line was in the movie, it would be one of the best jokes in the movie. Right. I still would not have laughed because it's a terrible joke. But it would be better than the fucking garbage fest of jokes they had in this movie. <laughs> so you know what? Uh, fuck it. You, you get you get another point, Justin. Why not? Fuck it. You get another point. <laughs> Man, this is tight. Well, at least this opening is, but. By the end of this podcast, oh, I might have just given out so many points. I might be losing to both of you. Who knows? Just yeah, but it's gonna hurt earning them and and talking about the film. Well, you know what? <laughs> right. Both of you get three more points because you had to watch this movie. <laughs> you know, everybody uh, in the audience, you get a point because I'm assuming you watched this movie. <laughs> This is a first-time situation we're in here, folks. Nothing matters. I don't. I, I can't say that any more <laughs> than I have. Nothing matters anymore, at all. There is no meaning to life. <laughs> you know, I am one of those people that finds and holds very little sacred, at least, especially with movies and stuff. You know, I've 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 kind of always sat where. The least that's sacred, the better. You know, like, one of my favorite Star Wars movies, the one that all the Star Wars fans hate, does it, to them it ruins it. And to me it makes it better, because it says, fuck all your bullshit, nothing is sacred. Love it. (laughs) Except when it's like, Sony does this film. And has the audacity to charge for another ticket to a movie we've all seen. (laughs) <laughs> like just nothing matters at all and we'll get into that let's play our music Cinema Slayers. 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 Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And uh, today we will be talking about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with the, uh, what was it, 2019 movie Venom? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) The 2021 movie Venom Let There Be Carnage. Uh, we, we will talk about what we like, didn't like and everything in between, like I already said, because fuck it. And uh, we will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores and then spoilers uh, into a more spoiler-centric section with time codes in the description. Or not. I don't know. I might give up and not even do that. Who knows? We're just, we're just flying by the seat of our pants at this point. Uh, so we will go uh, non-spoilers. Or spoilers, do whatever the fuck you want. 
I I just genuinely don't care anymore. <laughs> um, it, the person starts with J, Jastin. Let's go, Jastin. You start us off here. Oh man, man, I'm just gonna spoil it all. Okay, so what happened? No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I Jastin. really thought about it. You can't really see the other one. No, I really thought about it. You cannot spoil this movie. All you have to do is just say. <laughs> It is 99.9% the same as the first Venom. <laughs> there you go. You know how everybody, like, there's that urban legend that, like, bananas have the exact same genetic code as us, but it's, like, different by, like, 0.01%, and that's what makes us not bananas or some shit. It's not true at all. But, like, that's what this movie is. But it is the same. Like... <laughs> Oh, fuck. Anyway, sorry. Man, you, you keep like, talking, Justin. No, I was just like, man, I was seriously about to do that. But but actually, I like what you said better. That was funny. Um, Nah, man, I mean, pretty much if you can't infer by the context that we've given thus far, I mean, it, it is really just more of the same with the first Venom movie. Like, I guess... The thought process was kind of, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And this is what we kind of feared. You know, we talk, we've we talked about this in length on whether it was the Venom podcast. And I think we did a fans versus critic podcast where we sort of revisited Venom and talked about why it got such a good reaction from fans. And our fear was, is that because this got the first film uh got such a um a positive response as far as the box office from fans the studio would not feel the need to really change alter or improve much of anything and so when this second movie is going to come out our fear was is that it would not really be much of an improvement over the first one and uh that prediction is pretty much true here um, I did not like this film. It, it, it's man. And really, it just sort of really leans even more into the buddy cop, Turner and Hooch, odd couple type of comedy that the first one was. This one dives into it more. The first movie kind of felt like it didn't really know what it wanted to be. Like it was almost kind of like a test in the waters film. Like, there was funny stuff, but then when it tried to be serious, it didn't really work because there was all this funny stuff. And it was kind of this mixture of things and none of it kind of worked. Well, this one was kind of like, we're just going to lean in to the comedic, funny, ha-ha venom, and that's all we're going to do. So I don't know, maybe by merit of that, I mean, maybe you could argue this is a better film than the first one just because it dedicates to something, whereas the other one did not. So maybe it gets an edge in that way. Uh, I mean, Carnage, I mean, he, I mean, man, I really like these characters. So I hate having to talk about them this way. Um, You know, I wish that I could come on here and talk about them the way that I adore them, reading about them in the comics and everything like that. I mean, Carnage, he is a better villain than the than the scientist or whatever in the first one. 
I mean, I'll give the movie that. So, I mean, so it's like sad because I'm going to say, yes, it probably is an improvement over the first film. But really, but it's like the scoreboard, but it's kind of like one of those football games you watch where like you look at the score and it looks like it was a close game. But the scoreboard really doesn't tell the tale of how dominant one team was over the other. Like, it's one of those games where, like, you can't look at the stats. Like, if, you know, you the stats may tell you one thing. You know, you might go to a website or two and you'll see that this movie has a higher score. You'll see that maybe the fans enjoyed this one more than the other one. You'll see the things about, oh, man, the credit scene at the end is a game changer and stuff like that so when you look at the score so to speak quote unquote or the outside stuff it feels like oh man this is a better movie and while that might be true in some respects it's not really an indicator you have to see this to understand where it fails i feel you have to really see it and when you can't put things together when the storyline doesn't make sense when so many things are not answered and i'm not talking about unanswered questions like we'll answer them in the next movie there are so many unanswered questions and i know i know for damn sure i'm not gonna get any answers i know i know i'm not gonna get any you know so that's kind of where this is man like it just i mean did i chuckle a few times yes i did the movie is a brisk length it's it's only an hour and a half so thank goodness it was short because I don't know if I, I could have done a two and a half or 210 or 220 of this <laughs> with this style of storytelling and everything they were doing. Uh, man, I didn't enjoy this. I really didn't. And um, it's just kind of one of those, I think, where if you enjoyed the first one, well, <laughs> this is more of the same. So, yeah, you will probably like this, but. Not me, man. It's uh, it's better than the first one. But even the things that it does better is mar- the things are marginal and not enough for me to say that this is a good movie in any respect. Uh, Heather, I guess your turn. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing matters. So you know, um. I mean, I, in the first place, didn't understand why they even wanted to do a sequel. Um, I I just was like, of all the movies, why this one for a sequel? <laughs> um, so I didn't expect much going into this. I didn't expect much from it in general. And I was right. It It really is more of the same. I will say it is slightly better than the first one, but not enough to really matter. <laughs> but yeah, it is, it's bad. The jokes don't land. There's really no character development, to be honest. And it's just, I, the, the thing that it does have up on it is that it is um, a fast-moving pace and a shorter film. So that, that's kind of the, <laughs> the upside of, of this film. Like, it, it's not, at least it's not like two hours or two and a half hours of, watching this craziness so i do appreciate that um it's a shame because they've wasted a lot of really good actors in this and uh it's just a real shame 
So no, I, I did not care for this movie. Um, there, there were for me as well, Justin, a couple of times where I was slightly amused. I did like a slight chuckle. I think it was just because of the, like, and not that it was unexpected, but just more of like the specific moment sometimes when, um, you know, Venom would say a joke and I just, it, it was just like so persistent that it just it was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, or Tom you know Hardy, you know, mm-hmm. like just Tom yep. Hardy reacting to what he was saying to him and stuff. Yeah. Little things right. like that. Yeah. And so the persistence of it kind of made it a little like amusing in certain scenes, but not like, oh, that's really funny just in the moment, you know? And it wasn't like specifically anything that was said was funny. It was just the way in which they did it in the scene. But, um, but no, it's not funny. None of the jokes land, which was the same problem the first one had. I still won't get over that stupid last line of the first movie with the worst, like, you know, fear me line that Venom said ever with the whole, like, bird in the wind thing. <laughs> it was just <laughs> the worst thing ever. Um, and now that I'm talking about it, I feel like for as much as we hate the Venom movies, I think this is like the third time on a podcast we're talking about it, <laughs> which is just kind of funny because we're talking about how much we hate it. So um, that's how much hate this movie gets. But yeah, so it, it's the same of that where it, it's just none of the jokes land. It's really just like it's moments of it where I'm like, okay, well, that's just weird, you know? Um, and I, it, it's just, again, I don't know anything about the, the comic characters of, of Venom or Carnage or anybody, but like part of me is just thinking, it's really hard to be like afraid of Venom when he's trying to be intimidating or trying to be like this super dangerous guy that wants to eat people when all he's doing is basically playing class clown in a sense. It's just like it overpowers the whole, like how you should be afraid of him because he wants to eat people to stay alive. Like it just overpowers it because he's just trying to, be funny or whatever the whole time and it's just it kind of gets in the way of of feeling like you should actually be afraid of or intimidated by this character you know so that was a big problem logistically just a lot of choices they make as characters in the film is really dumb um yeah i mean i guess visually it was fine you know Nothing against that specifically, but it's just the storytelling of Venom. Like, I just don't know why people feel like Venom needs more storytelling. <laughs> because, you know, if it was if it was essentially doing what Suicide Squad did, where it was just like a retelling, or kind of, in a sense, like a soft reboot, or whatever you want to call it, that would make more sense. But this was just more of the same, like we've been saying. And they didn't do it better. <laughs> like they, nothing about this made it better or give you more hope for what these movies, you know, can add to in the future if they make any more or whatever. So I just am not a fan. There are specific scenes I know we're going to talk about where I'm like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, which is, yeah, expected of 
of Venom and Venom Let There Be Carnage. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's not good. It is more of the same. And, um, yeah, that's my thoughts. Recommendations and score. Uh, Heather, go. (laughs) Um, so I, I don't necessarily recommend it again. If you did like the first one and there are apparently a decent amount of people who liked the first one cool good for you um you might like this one then because i do think this is better than the first one but that doesn't really say much about it so no i don't it's nobody's best performance especially of these like really top-notch actors they have in this film it's actually just lowers their quality a lot and it's very upsetting so i'm gonna just um pretty much say no it's not really worth it I'm going to give this, um, oh boy, um, (laughs) I'll give it 25, um, sitting your ex-fiance down to tell them you're engaged again for whatever reason out of a hundred. Uh, Justin, go. Man, it's going to be one of those things where I can't recommend this in good conscience, like based on it being a good movie. I'm not going to recommend it in that way, because I do not think that it is a good movie. So if somebody's coming up to me and going, hey, what's a good movie to watch? I would never in a million years say, go watch Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I'm not going to recommend it for that. But I know that there are people that like this, that liked the first movie, loved it. Um, I've seen people online touting about how they enjoyed this movie and got and thought it was fun and laughed a lot and just thought that it was just such a nice, quick, entertaining movie, you know? Um, but man, but boy, is it not for me? I just prefer the way that the MCU does these does characters. I just prefer the my comic book stories to be a have character development and just story structure and things happening that I can understand because the story helps me understand them. This doesn't really have any of those things. Uh. So, I mean, so that's pretty much it. If you like the old one, you'll like this one. If you didn't like the old one and and the older one and you think that this and you're coming in hoping that this is going to be an improvement or hoping that maybe with Carnage and the with the dichotomy of Carnage and Venom, it'll really help this, it'll elevate this or anything like that. It do, it does elevate it, but not much. Not not enough to be a good film. Uh, dare I say the ending credit scene is the, is the best and most intriguing thing about this. I mean, to me, that is the honest to goodness truth. What it sets up and sort of the questions that that brings and the possibilities that that could bring is really the all is really the most interesting thing about this you know is what happens at the end 
And uh, you can probably pull that up on YouTube or go to a, a, a dirt sheet somewhere and look that up. So that's pretty much it. Uh, as far as a score, man, I wish I should have went back and listened to our first one to figure out what I gave the, the first film, because this is probably maybe five or six points higher, but I don't remember. So, (laughs) and we'll just go with, I don't think I got, I gave it close to 50. So we'll just go with 45. Things happening that the movie doesn't care to explain in the least bit out of a hundred. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Um, up until our midsummer episode. I think the longest rant I went on about a movie was the first Venom movie. And all the issues I had with it. And then, lo and behold, there's a movie that comes out called Venom, Let There Be Carnage. (laughs) And I'll be damned if it was a different movie. In any way, shape, or form, (laughs) they took every terrible thing about the first movie, like the constant jokes, the just lackluster action, the just zero appeal of anything, and they amplified all of those things. By at least two. I mean, I don't want to say by a lot, because that would imply there's a lot of action in this movie. There's not. Um, There is way more jokes, just way more jokes. I think this movie has the most jokes per second of any movie in like cinematic history. <laughs> it also has the <laughs> highest miss percentage of jokes in a movie ever. Um, I think it lands at like a whole like zero funny jokes out of no less than like what 3.7 billion jokes. If I, if I counted correctly, uh, just none of them are funny. None. That's just not even anything about this movie was funny at all. Uh, Justin said he chuckled. Heather said he chuckled or she chuckled. Um, I don't believe I did. It's kind of a blur. This is the longest hour and a half movie I've ever seen in my existence. I am the champion of the hour and a half movie. Maybe they're too long. Maybe they're just too fucking long. Um, If I chuckled, it's because literally my body was shutting down and I'm laughing at the fact that I'm going to die in the middle of the shitty fucking movie. <laughs> like My mind did not know what else to do. Other than laugh at the fact that my body is slowly dying in the middle of this movie. And that's what the last thing I'm going to see is this fucking shit fest of a movie. And then also. Like me laughing at the sick joke that was Sony that. 
they had the audacity to act like this was a different movie. And was going to kill me with it. Those cruel, cruel bastards. <laughs> I mean, I th- first and foremost, I want to start off with the fact that Carnage makes a fucking tornado in this movie. What the fuck was that? Why did that happen? <laughs> I have not read every book that Carnage is in. But I don't remember there being a Carnage tornado at any point. Um, Let's just argue for some sake that there was some fucking random Spider-Man or Venom or Carnage book out there or whatever that I didn't read. And it has a Carnage tornado in it. I think we should at least err on the side of caution and uh, choose to not be comic book accurate at that point. Like, make the choice. You're not comic book accurate about anything else in this fucking movie. Why bother with that? There's an old issue of a Superman comic where people think that they figured out that Clark Kent is Superman. So Superman debuts a brand new power. And that power is to shoot a mini Superman out of his wrist. And it flies in the sky. But because it's small, they think that that's just Superman really far away flying. Even though it's not. But they see Clark Kent and then they see this little mini Superman flying. And that's how they, you know, they're like, oh, well, I guess that's not Clark. There's Clark and Superman. Can't be. Like, notice how, theoretically, they could put that in a Superman movie. Because it would be comic book accurate. But they chose not to. Because it's dumb. So let's just, like I said, posit the idea that there's a story out there where Carnage makes a tornado. It's dumb. Don't put it in the fucking movie. Why Why would you do that? Who the fuck saw that scene? Or animated that scene? Or filmed that scene or wrote that scene or fucking saw that scene before they fucking released the movie and just went, yep, best possible choice we could make. (laughs) At no point did anyone just stop and think, this is fucking dumb, why are we doing it? The amount of ineptitude that went into this movie is mind-boggling. And you know what? That's slightly disingenuous. I don't think it was ineptitude. I think the people that made this movie know how to make movies. Michelle Williams has been in a lot of good movies. Tom Hardy's been in good movies. Woody Harrelson's been in good movies. Uh, The director of this movie is one of my favorite actors in Andy Serkis. He's been in good movies. They all know how to make movies. And then they did this shit. This is honestly the definition of the laziest possible fucking movie that's for a paycheck. That's all this movie is. This is a paycheck movie if I ever saw one. They did not try an iota with this movie. At any point in the production. I mean... How many action set pieces are in this movie? One and a half, maybe? Maybe? 
and I'm being very generous. Maybe. I mean, I'm going to be sporadic with my critique of this movie because my ability to focus on this as a linear thing is very hard. Uh, do you guys want to vote on worst joke in this movie? Because I think it's when, you know, Carnage is like, we're going to have a wedding, a red wedding. That's the worst joke, right? It is. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's the worst one, right? Uh, There's not a single worst joke in this movie, right? Right? Uh, I don't think so. That's the one that stuck out to me is like, really? You went there? <laughs> as big. Yeah. That's the point I realized this movie was trying to murder me. <laughs> I I should have realized it was the Carnage Tornado, but no, no, it was that joke, and I was like, this this movie's trying to commit homicide. But like the sad thing about that joke is it's such a dated cultural reference now. Because honestly, and I was I was watching something on TikTok and this woman was talking about Game of Thrones and how kind of crazy it is that in general, like, I know we've talked about the final season of Game of Thrones, and, you know, we weren't as hard on it as a lot of people were. But it's kind of funny that how bad that season was, because we can at least all agree it was it was a downstep. It, you know, nobody's going to say it was the best. It was a downstep regardless, but a lot of people hated it more than we did. But how much it kind of killed the cultural relevance of Game of Thrones. Nobody really gives a fuck about Game of Thrones anymore. And nobody has in like a year and a half since that came out, or two years, whatever the fuck that was. Nobody really cares about Game of Thrones anymore. Apparently, like a little teaser trailer or whatever for the new House of Targaryen series came out the other day. I didn't even see anybody talk about it, because nobody cares. Mm. And this movie went, yep, we're going to make that reference. Like it's twenty fucking fifteen or something. Like, why does this amoeba know that joke? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess the idea would be that Cletus Cassidy knows that show because you know everybody knows you get uh, Game of Thrones and HBO in your isolated prison cell. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but. It's, 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 you're just like, what the fuck was that joke? And then, like, you have that joke of, oh shit, it's a red one. Like, we're supposed to just then infer that a red symbiote is more dangerous than another one. Now, I don't know the complete lore of the symbiotes. Like, a lot has changed in the comics with that. There was recently, like, a symbiote god that took on the marvel universe and shit like was destroying shit left and right and like all this lore and all this other stuff that i don't know too much about but my understanding has always been or at least my more most recent understanding of the the way the symbiotes work and stuff like that is the fact that like the child symbiote is pretty much always stronger than the parent. So, like, Venom would be scared of Carnage because Carnage would inherently be stronger 
than Venom. And there's there's a third symbiote child in there, uh, Toxin, and that's Carnage's child. And even as a baby symbiote, he's stronger than Carnage and Venom combined. You know, and that's why Carnage fears him. And lo and behold, you get a reference to that in this movie. You know when the detective is lying there and he's all, I don't know, like tied to a beam and his eyes start glowing blue for whatever reason? That uh, cop, yeah. Peter Mulligan, yeah. or Mugganin, or whatever the fuck his name was, that's the guy that becomes Toxin. So are they implying that he had Toxin then? And if they were, why did he have blue glowing eyes? Blue is not the color scheme of Toxin. Toxin is red and black, just like Carnage and Venom. He's got a slightly different aesthetic, as they all do, but he's like... His upper body is all red and it fades into black legs. That's the that's the aesthetic of, of Toxin. So, like, why were his eyes glowing blue? I did not understand that one bit. Anyway. But, like, you know, he's like, oh, shit, a red one. And then he's like, I'm going to kill you, father. And then the priest goes, oh, no. And he's like, not you, father. You, father. And somebody thought oh, that God. was a good joke. No. <laughs> Why? I just I do not get it. Like And and you made me think of something though. No, no, um, go, with go, the go, whole go. with the whole symbiote bonds and all that stuff. Just from also what I know from the comics and just uh or at least what I originally knew from the Venom Carnage comics and everything like that. Another reason why the why Carnage was stronger is because his bond with Cletus mm-hmm. Cassidy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. stronger mm-hmm. Than, than Venom and Eddie Brock's bond, which is what made him stronger than him you know in the older in the comics that was their explanation then now of course they added stuff and all this other stuff and when lethal protector came out which he kept saying here and i guess they thought by him saying i want to be a lethal protector justin justin (laughs) i know heather that might not mean as much to you but was that not the worst running gag in history of anything being filmed Yes, as if him saying that, like, I guess they just thought that that would just give every comic fan a hard-on, and they would just go, oh, man, he said Lethal Protector. It's what we've always wanted. Well, in the first time he says it in this movie, I knew I was in a bad time, because it's very early in the movie, and he goes, we should be out there protecting lethally. I went, you fucking assholes. Yeah, he did say that. You were a bunch of fucking dickbags. say that. Yeah. And then every other fucking sentence out of his mouth for the rest of the goddamn movie had lethal protector in it. I was like, it needs to end now. Oh, no, man. They just, God, they just went all in on that. And it was like, just because you mention it doesn't mean it's cool. Or just that means it's tight or anything like that. You, it's, it's about what you do. You can't just mention things. It's about what you do with it. You know, just like how, you know, just like what they did with the, with the Mandarin in the Shang-Chi movie, they found a way to not only, uh, and see, this is why Shang-Chi is just the shit because of like stuff like that. They took something that was a comic reference. 
but they found a way to update it, but yet at the same time, like, make fun of it in the sense that it was a bad name at at the time. It doesn't properly represent. Yeah, it doesn't properly represent the culture. So not only did they take that reference, but they updated it. They actually made it perfectly work for that movie. And that's why that movie is good. Then you get to something like this, and it's like, oh, let's just make the references, but not do anything to really make that meaningful in any kind of way. Just because we say it a hundred times in the film, that will appease comic fans. And that's stupid, you know? I think when they wrote this movie, all they did was look at a bunch of Venom covers and then wrote the story. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Let me me backtrack. Because you literally went into what I was going to talk about next with the whole, the reason why Carnage says I and Venom says we was the fact that Cletus Cassidy and Carnage were like perfect simpatico. They were an I. Mm-hmm. So much so that the dominant personality is Carnage. Carnage is the dominant personality in that. And Cletus is fine with that because, you know, by being okay with that, it's just murder and mayhem. He's fine with that. Like So Carnage is the dominant personality in that relationship. That's why it works. With Venom, Eddie and Venom kind of vie for control. There's not just one main control over the other. And they vie for that. And they do keep separate. You know, there's a big chunk of their history that is just more or less that they stay together because they've got no better options. That at least together there's something, whereas apart they don't have that. And all those things. And then somehow in this movie, they kept the we and I, but then turned that into, look, Carnage isn't as symbiotic as we are. Therefore, he's weaker. And I don't really get how that pays off, other than the fact, I guess, when they get hit by a shriek blast, Carnage and Cletus actually fully separate while Venom and Eddie don't. And that's why Cletus dies. Well, I'm assuming dies and then, you know, Venom meets Carnage, whatever. But is that the worst payoff ever? Like, ever? It's like if you went up to somebody and they were like, hey, if you give me a $100 bill, I will pay you back hundred dollars and just smaller bills and you go okay sure fine i've got a hundred and you give them a hundred dollar bill and then they give you a penny and then they kick you in the balls and run away that's the same type of payoff that this movie has with that fucking revelation that makes no sense and and like you said justin like maybe that did change or whatever or they've redefined it But that was my last understanding of it all. Of one of the reasons why Carnage was more dangerous also. You know? And... Yeah. And with all that, like... 
is Venom, was Venom a, a fucking humorous character? Do you remember just Venom being full of jokes? I don't remember this characterization of Venom ever. The closest you get to it, oddly enough to me, is in the Lethal Protector series when he is in San Francisco. And like he stops a purse robber and like gives the old lady back her purse and smiles and like taps her on the head. Like that's the closest I remember to Venom being a fucking funny character. And it's just, I don't know what this is. Like, why is Venom like a petulant child? Like, that's all he is. Right. <laughs> he yeah. is a child. Like, and not even a good child. He is the child that when you're in line at Walmart and you hear this child behind you, you just want to, like, Take your cart, leave it right there, and just walk the fuck out of the store. Because they are that fucking annoying. And that's the Venom character in this. Not Eddie Brock Venom, but that is the the symbiote Venom character in this movie. Like, why is he constantly talking to Eddie in situations when he shouldn't? Whilst knowing full and well he shouldn't do that. That it puts them in danger. Also, why why do they have to talk out loud? Why does Venom get to talk in his head, but Eddie can't respond in his head? I don't get that. It's just wildly inconsistent. Yeah, he always has to talk out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and so many times in this movie, when, like, Venom or Carnage would do something, and they'd be in full symbiote mode, and, like, they would just like stretch their head out of the suit or whatever. So it'd be like, you know, the carnage face all opened up and it'd be like Cletus like sticking his face out and shit. I don't know about you, but that weirdly reminded me so much of the lawnmower man of just when, uh, what was his name? Uh, Job would like just stick his face out in virtual reality. It just reminded me of that shit. I don't know why. But that's just not a good thing to be reminded of. The last thing you ever want your movie to remind somebody of is the Lawnmower Man franchise. Well, this movie <laughs> did that. Um, <laughs> like, so much of this made no sense to me. Like, once again, I don't like the design of Venom. And I'll get into why. Because part of what makes Venom kind of cool is his visual characteristics are aped off of Spider-Man. Yep. And he just, he looks so dumb without a spider on his chest. He just does. Like, just so fucking terrible. I mean, I guess I was fine with the Carnage design, but like, at the same time, is this the is this the first time in movie history that we had a red version of a bland ass gray villain? <laughs> like that's all he was in the end. Like that mm-hmm. last fight sequence is incredibly just fucking boring. There is nothing cool or innovative anything about it. 
I mean, just like the first movie, because once again, this movie can't not be the first movie. The most realistic character in this movie is Dan. The fiance of Michelle Williams character. Because also in this movie, (laughs) when everybody's like, oh, is this aliens again? And they're just like, oh, shucks, it's aliens again. He's the only one that's like, guys, what the fuck is this? Right. (laughs) This is not an okay situation. This is bad. Alien symbiotes are not something that we should just be accepting in our daily lives. (laughs) You know? And then when he shows up at the end and he's just like pouring flaming gasoline out, I was like, you know what? This is the first smart decision anybody's made in this entire fucking film. Just in this (laughs) entire fucking film, that's the first smart choice anyone has made. I'm like, good for them. And of course, it's my man, Dan. The, the unsung hero. The only person in this film. Like, everyone else <laughs> is just two-dimensional characters. And he's a two-dimensional cardboard cutout, but at least he's standing up. Everyone else is like flat <laughs> paper. He's at least cardboard and standing. So I'll give him that. You know? But, like, you get into that last fight sequence, it's just... it's. I legitimately think they took the fight sequence from the first movie, just added some more tentacles to it. CGI changed the background and CGI changed Carnage's character or color. And it's the same fucking fight. I can't tell you a difference. I will give it this. At least it was a little bit better lit. You know? Because that was the worst thing about the first movie. You take dark charcoal gray venom dark black gray venom because the venom's not even fully black in this he's like black gray you've got black gray and dark charcoal gray fighting each other at night like (laughs) no fucking clue what was going on at least they decided to light this fight sequence I'll give I guess that's credit they go you know what people might like it more if they can see it novel fucking concept But then what they lit up was a bunch of nothing. It was just the most bland-ass fucking fight I've ever seen. And not at one point did I went, oh, that was a cool kind of thing they did. Not once. Not even a little bit. They played it so fucking safe and boring that you didn't even, like, one-third of the way into that fight, you just went... They are not going to do anything good in this fight. You just knew it. You knew without a shadow of a doubt that they were not going to do anything good for the rest of the fight. And that fight's only like, what, seven minutes long? So, like, doesn't even do anything. Other than that, the only real action set piece in this movie is when Carnage becomes a tornado in the middle of a jail. And that's it? <laughs> that's like all of it in this movie. And also, what was the point of having Carnage in this movie? Like <laughs> to use that super sweet name for the title, of course. Yeah, again, probably. I mean, Carnage is probably on screen for a sweet, sweet nineteen minutes of this movie, <laughs> and then theoretically, he's dead now. You just killed Carnage. <laughs> you just killed Carnage for nineteen minutes of screen time. Are you fucking serious? 
Like, everybody wants to be up in arms with how they did Venom in Spider-Man 3. You want to get all pissed at that and how you feel like they wasted Venom, but you're okay with this movie and how they fucking treated Carnage? Give me a goddamn break. The standards that people have with this stuff are just astronomical just because they didn't like that, like the fucking Topher Grace version of Venom or whatever, and this one's a better version. It's not. It's just Sony told you it's a Venom movie, and because it's something you liked back in 1992, your nostalgia dick gets so fucking hard that you have to love this movie. And you shouldn't. Like, this is right up there with the Mortal, this is right up there with, um, Mortal Kombat from earlier this year. When everybody's like, well, what do you expect from a Mortal Kombat movie? I don't know. A lot more than this? The games <laughs> deliver a lot more than this. So why the fuck are we just lowering our standards because it's Venom? We've been doing that since 1992. Like, we've been doing that with the Venom character for so long. We've been letting Marvel just give us trash, garbage, ridiculous, boring Venom stories for decades. All because we liked it when Todd McFarlane wrote the character. So, or in Drew the character. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when Todd McFarlane did Venom, everybody loved it. So we've been just accepting garbage ever since then. Just for the sake of, well, it's Venom at least. Why? This is just more of the same bullshit. This movie is fucking Maximum Carnage without Spider-Man. Which, you know, for some people sounds like, well, well that might work. No, because why Spider-Man's a critical part to cr- fucking Maximum Carnage storyline? Like, What? You know, and, like, what, what, what's the point of fucking hearkening back to all these 90s comics? What the fuck was good that came from 90s comic books ever? Like, yeah, you got the Spawn character, but even then they've revamped him because 90s version of Spawn is dumb. Like, <laughs> there's a reason why fucking comic book characters don't have 9,000 pouches on them anymore. Because it was dumb. Like. This movie, like, let's look at Spider-Man No Way Home, or whatever the fuck the next one's called, right? If it was to do the same thing that this movie did, with just hearkening back to 90s references in Spider-Man comics, we'd be irate. You know, let's just say that the Tobey Maguire and the Arthur, uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Men are also in this movie. They, they say they're not. Nobody's confirmed they are. So let's just argue and say they are. And like they all show up and they're all standing there. And so you've got Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire, and they're all just standing there. It's like if they're all standing there and Tom Holland's character looks straight at the camera, like into your eyeballs, and goes, Man, looks like we have a clone saga going on here. You would riot. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's a dumb fucking line. But people are eating up this fucking bullshit with its lethal, lethal protector bullshit. Like, fuck off, man. Like, this movie at just no point gives a fuck about its viewer. Um, Final thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about the end credit scene that Justin brought up. You say it has important implications, Justin. I say gigantic detriment to the MCU. So, 
I don't know how Venom got into that uh, into the MCU universe. They're arguing, or I mean, I guess the, some theories could be. Do you think he just transported through the multiverse, Justin? That's what I think it kind of looked like to me. Is he just transported through the multiverse? Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, what I was kind of thinking, and what it looked like to me is, yeah, he must have went through the multiverse whenever the whenever Doctor Strange does the spell, which we saw in the Spider-Man No Way Home preview. I'm assuming, and this is just an assumption based on what they showed us in that end credit scene, that when that spell happened, I'm guessing that any characters connected with Spider-Man yeah, from the other universes. Yeah, yeah like, from other yeah. universes. It's randomly pulling versions of these characters and putting them all in that universe with Doctor Strange and our Tom Holland, Peter Parker. So, essentially, that's why you can have this Venom, who has not interacted with Spider-Man, can be there. Because still, even though this one hasn't interacted in this particular universe, there is a Venom, like in the comic books, or the Tobey Maguire Venom, <laughs> Spider, Spider-Man Venom, the, you know, whatever, if you look at it as multiple timelines and multiple types of Venoms, this one is just the one that happened to randomly come to this MCU universe through the multiverse is what I'm assuming is happening, which is why essentially you can have a Dr. Octopus that also didn't interact with this Tom Holland Peter, but he can still be there because of there is a Spider-Man connection. Yeah. And yeah. And so the spell brought any kind of villain or character connected with Spider-Man can be brought to that universe is what I'm assuming is happening. And I 100% agree with you, Justin. And I hope that is what they do with it. You know why? Because it breaks the ending of this movie. Because you're positing that after the spell, that's when this chaos happens, right? Yeah. When Venom is in the MCU now at the end of this movie, He's seeing Peter Parker being outed by J. Jonah Jameson. Which is what the spell would have erased. So I hope you are right, Justin. I hope they do that. Because then it just proves how much more bullshit this fucking ending was. Because uh, the spell that pulled him there would have erased that whole thing. And that wouldn't have happened. Because another possibility would be that it is just a multiversal shift. Let's say it doesn't have anything to do with uh, Doctor Strange yet or anything. You know, maybe it's fucking shit with Wanda because technically, roughly around the time that Far From Home is happening, WandaVision's technically kind of happening. You know what I mean? So maybe something like that brings him over. Or any of these other, like, maybe, like, Loki technically takes place around that same time. You know, maybe any of these little things bring him over. That's all dumb. And then when he gets here, why 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 did anybody at Sony go, you know what he should do? 
when he gets to this universe. He needs to look at what is a high school child on the television screen and lick the high school child. (laughs) Yeah, that was super weird. And like, why did Venom from the multiverse that never interacted with a Spider-Man, you can argue never had a Spider-Man, get so fucking sexually aroused by Spider-Man? Like, why was he just all about Spider-Man? Like, what? why? What, what, what does that have to do with anything? Why would he inherently do that? Why would he just sit there and go, Oh, Spider-Man. <laughs> like, why? It makes no yeah. sense that he's just all of a sudden wants to have something to do with Spider-Man. I mean, your version of events does make sense, Justin. And that would probably be the most logical way for them to continue that story of him now being in the MCU would be your version of events. But unfortunately, that's just not what they show us. Because what you said would have erased that that footage. You know what I mean? That's the whole point of the spell, to get rid of him being exposed. I don't know. Maybe Doctor Strange really sucks at his spells and it, he, it all happens. They all come over and it doesn't get erased. Oh, that'd be a twofer. Yeah, or you could argue who exactly got erased. Because if the purpose of it was to erase just the people who, in that timeline, that specifically knew about Peter Parker, is it possible that the spell erased those people, but not anybody who was pulled in from another multiverse? You know, there are just too many questions. Well, technically, It's just too hard to say. But technically, if that happened, it would be millions of people that would be erased because it was on the news, like in Times Square. It's like millions of people would be erased because they found out. You know? But I'm just saying, like, the whole idea of it, because they're going to be kind of ripping off the brand new day storyline of Spider-Man. Not saying that's the exact route, but it's vaguely it. Um... It just kind of, it's the whole erases it from everybody's mind. Like, it's like it never happened. The events never took place. I'm just saying, if that's what pulls him over, then that, that press conference or not the, 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 the news story itself wouldn't have happened. And that's what I just think is funny about it. And that's why I hope it's what you said, Justin, because it ties into this movie even better about how much bullshit it is. And I love that idea. Like, retroactively adding more bullshit to this movie. No, I totally get what you're saying. And yeah, I just don't know what the explanation is going to be. That's just a guess based on what I saw. And like you said, I don't know to what extent the spell is messed up. What were the parameters of the spell? Are we going to get an explanation of that? How was he in that certain point in the timeline? And the only, and that's why the only thing I can theorize is, is that it was randomly pulling people to different points of the the events from, it was randomly pulling people to different points on this timeline because somehow it got all messed up within that spell. So, so a bunch of random shit could technically happen if you, and all your explanation has to be is that the spell was messed up. You know, you can kind of get away with that, even if it doesn't quite answer uh, all the questions. But that's why I said it's important. It's important. 
you know, because they because that this is sort of uncharted. I mean, they haven't done anything like this yet. You know, it is important in the sense that this is the first time they've really kind of done something to this extent, just taking a character that really has not been who we haven't even seen as he's nowhere has it ever been mentioned that he is a part of this over here. And now you're saying, well, now he is a part of this over here. So it is big for that reason, but I'm so nervous for things that we've talked about. Like how are they going to properly explain this? How is it going to work? And then this is what I was telling a friend. I don't like this version of venom. So so is there some excitement about Venom and Spider-Man both being in the same movie together? Yes, because the comic book person in me wants that and wants there to be a good story with the two of those characters in it. But man, I don't like this version of Venom. So even if that does happen, it, there's no guarantee that I will like what they do or how they do it. Um, so I'm so nervous about this. Like it's not, it, it, when I saw the reveal, it wasn't like one of those reveals, like in credit scenes where you're like, Oh man, this is going to be so awesome. I can't wait to see how they do this. The, the, the reaction I sort of had was, Oh God, they're going to do this. God, I hope, yeah. <laughs> I hope that it works. That, that that I hope this doesn't ruin the MCU. That was the reaction I had. It wasn't excitement. It wasn't like, oh man, this is great. It was kind of shock mixed with, oh God, I don't know if this is gonna work. That that that's how I felt because this Eddie Brock and this Venom. I mean, the whole reason for the conflict was that they both hated Spider Man. The at the end, yeah, with the whole venom licking the screen and everything like that, seemed to imply that this venom kind of knew who he was or recognized him or something like that. There was a throwaway line when him and when Brock and Venom were were talking in the bed or whatever, just before this warp happens. Um, and the venom is saying something like well there's all this infinite knowledge and things like that on my planet that you wouldn't care to hear about and then eddie brock was like try me tell me a story tell me something about the the infinite something knowledge of your planet so he that there was there was a, a conversation they were having just before the war so that led me to believe okay does this is this venom aware of other venoms in other timelines like are they are they saying that this venom because of mm. some sort of database or some sort of way that they learn things on their planet is this venom aware of other venoms that had interactions with Spider-Man so that's why he recognized Spider-Man you know are, are there, is is he a part are, are there other symbiotes that like does he have the consciousness of other symbiotes in other timelines that have dealt with spider-man so that's why he recognized him you see what i'm saying 
it's got me thinking all these things of how they could possibly explain. How did that symbiote know who right. Spider-Man was? It's just so unfortunate because to- it just feels like the script is not smart enough to think of that. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, not with these people, not with the Sony people, but could the MCU maybe explain that and and help bring some sense to this? (laughs) And that's the only hope that I give it is in the hands of the MCU writers who at this point, it is just proven at this point, they write better stories. They develop the characters better. They, they they are better with characters. We've seen them take throwaway characters yeah. and make them relevant characters in the MCU. That's the only shot that I'm giving this is that can this care? I don't like this character, but can he work in the hands of another writer in the hands of other people telling the story? Is there a better dynamic that could exist with this Venom and the Tom Holland Spider-Man? And I would have to say yes, because he would be in the hands of other people writing and developing the story. So that's the shot that I give this. But there's a lot of explaining to do. (laughs) But Justin, (laughs) you know. As much as I, I hate on the MCU at times and all this other stuff. I will give them credit that they write stories based on Marvel characters better than any other studio at the moment. And they don't mm-hmm. do things like go, you know what? We need to make a Venom movie that is impossible to really be Venom because there's no Spider-Man connection. And then they're doing Morbius, which <laughs> will loosely have a connection because apparently that is in the MCU just because we see the Vulture at one point. But like, at no point was anybody going, you know what I need? I need a fucking Morbius movie. <laughs> you know... <laughs> Right. Like, when, was anybody really clamoring for a Spider-Man less Venom movie? No, no one wasn't. Maybe a Venom movie, yes, but one without any connections to Spider-Man whatsoever? No, nobody was really clamoring for that. I know people are accepting it and watching it and all this other bullshit that they shouldn't be doing because they're just so starved for anything that they want that they accept whatever bullshit is thrown their way, like Venom, like Venom Let There Be Carnage, like the Joker. I went there. Fuck that movie, too. Like, it's all the same shit. <laughs> like, these movies about vil- villains that have nothing to do with the character they're villains for are just kind of dumb. It's a dumb idea. Whoever thought of this idea, you're a terrible person. You are a blight on the overall history of humanity. Like, this version of Venom, I know you're like... you. The the possibilities are intriguing and all this other stuff, but at the same time, like, what what sense does this this Venom make being with the MCU Spider Man? No, they should just do a fucking. They should have just connected it from the beginning. You know, even if he's in San Francisco, even if you wanted to do all that shit, have him watch the news and see Spider Man doing shit in New York and all this other stuff, and Venom going, I can do that, but in San Francisco and like you know whatever, like. At least do something. But it's like, this version of Venom is like, just weirdly sexually obsessed with this teenage child. And, and are they going to do that? Are they, like, if they come across each other in the movies, is Venom going to try to leave Eddie now in this to go be with Spider-Man? 
to then be rejected by Spider-Man, to then come back to Eddie Brock? Is that what the storyline's going to be? Are they really going to do that? Because that's what it looks like they're setting up to me. Because also, why would this version of Venom, with this version of Eddie Brock, become a villain? He's not going to be a villain. He's going to team up with Spider-Man. And that just makes it worse. Because are you going to... like? One of the most interesting things about Venom and all this other stuff is he has that symbiotic relationship with Eddie Brock because they both hate Spider-Man. But at the same time, the Venom symbiote constantly wants to leave Eddie for Spider-Man. He wants to. All the time. He never doesn't want to. And are they going to pull that storyline into it? Because that's what it looked like. By having him want to, like, lick-fuck the screen... He wants to leave Eddie for that Spider-Man. And that doesn't make sense with the characterizations you have developed. Mm. Because then it's going to be weird if they're partners. If they are partners, you know, because like this Venom's going to be a good guy. If they're partners with each other, it's even dumber that Venom constantly wants to leave Eddie for their buddy cop. That's weird. And dumb. And you know what? Makes complete sense based on Sony's track record with this bullshit. Yeah. And the thing is, is that there could be, I could see how there could be elements of that based on some of the characterizations in this movie, because the whole conflict with Venom and Eddie Brock was that Venom, the the symbiote wanted to be, he wanted to be fighting crime. He wanted to be a lethal protector. He was like, why aren't we out in the city fighting crimes and stuff like that? And Eddie Brock just kind of wanted a normal life. And that was the conflict. Well, oh man, I could see a scenario where this Venom, this symbiote is looking at Spider-Man and he's going, Spider-Man, Peter is doing the thing that I want to do. He's fighting crime. He's out there. He's trying to, you know, He's fighting crime. He's being a lethal protector. And now that that's who I want to be with because he's got a stronger body, this, that, and the other, the Spider-Man mutagenics, all of that stuff. So he's, I, I, I do want to bond with him because he's doing the thing that I want to do. So there's a possibility you could be right. But just would sort but, of match up, but I don't like it. But, but, but the problem is. Happen. Is he wants to fight crime because he wants to kill the criminals and eat their brains. That's why he wants exactly. to fight crime in San Francisco. And that's the thing, is if he leaves Eddie Brock, even though Eddie Brock won't let him do that, it's not like Spider-Man's going to go, nah, eat some brains, dude. Let's go fight crime and eat brains. Come on. Come on. Like Exactly. That's exactly. What, like, other than so, the enhanced strength, you were right. Like, other than that, though, there's really no reason him to want to leave Eddie, you know, because the things that he comes to at odds with with Eddie, he still won't happen with Spider-Man. Like, yeah, Eddie doesn't want to go fight crime, but that's also because he knows if he goes and fights crime as Venom, the Venom symbiote's going to constantly be trying to eat people's faces. So it's not like if he jumps on the Spider-Man and he's like, yeah, let's go fight crime, and he goes, alright, time to eat some face, that Peter Parker's going to be like, you earned it, buddy. I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's dumb. I just, I, 
Yeah, I don't like And that this. was the conflict in the comics with Spider-Man also, like when he had the black suit. And I don't know if you know this or not, Heather, but that was the conflict in the Spider-Man comics. You know, he was he was fighting crime with the black mm-hmm. suit, but the black suit gave him like this murderous rage. He wanted to kill and do extreme stuff and he almost did kill a person, which is why he then wanted to uh separate from the symbiote because of the murderous sort of intent that the suit was giving him so even though he was way more powerful he was a better spider-man because he could do more physically he was you know you couldn't barely hurt him the suit would heal him etc etc everything it does for eddie brock but that was the conflict it made him a raging angry and he almost killed several people. I, I think maybe in the comics he even thought he killed someone. That, that might have been he may have thought he killed someone, but they, but but then later we find out he didn't. But Spider Man thought he did, or he almost did. But that was what led Peter to go. This isn't going to work because you want to kill people and I don't. And that was sort of the conflict. So, uh, damn it. I mean, I I could see them doing something similar to this because there is comic book precedence for it. But but I hope that they come up. But I'm uh, but I'm going to hold that faith that 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 we have not predicted this and that they're going to come up with something better. But like I said, it doesn't work for this Eddie Brock, really. It doesn't completely work with this kind of Eddie Brock. It works better when Eddie Brock was embarrassed and lost his job and hated peter and hated spider-man and wanted to wanted to hurt spider-man it works so much better like that this brock doesn't care so yeah well so you see what i mean by all the problems this raises and then (laughs) all the questions well add to this also let's say they try to do that storyline justin where he does get the venom suit and the venom suit slowly drives him to be murderous I 100% agree that that might be one way they go. Why that also doesn't work, though, is just because this version of Venom doesn't shut up about killing people, ever. From literally, like, the first second Eddie Brock's had this this suit on, it's been about eating people's faces. And constantly expressing its desire to Mm -hmm. do so in an audible form to Eddie Brock. So if this was the version of Venom that ended up on Peter Parker... He'd be like, oh man, I'm super strong. I feel it. I just feel strong. And the Venom would go, yeah, let's go eat some faces. And he'd be like, whoa. Whoa. And he'd be like, I'm not about that. And he'd go, but, but we can eat faces. And he would just constantly be bringing it up every five <laughs> fucking seconds. Because that's all this Venom does. Yeah. Yep. So like, even if they wanted to do the version of the story that you talked about, Justin, they can't. Because this Venom would bring up murder within half a second. And then would bring it up every other half a second. And so you couldn't do a slow building murderous rage. Because that's just not how this version of Venom works. Just wanting to eat people nonstop. And man, his ex or his ex-wife or fiance, whatever the fuck she was, A, is one of the cruelest people ever. But two, why wouldn't Venom want to go be with her? She seems just infinitely cooler with Venom eating people than Eddie Brock is. So, like, fucking go to her. She <laughs> digs it a little bit. Um, I'm tired of talking. Heather, you go. 
Well, I mean, yeah, that that's definitely one thing too that just was like, <laughs> excuse me, the one thing that was really like odd to me is like pretty much from the opening of the movie, just like, hey, I have some news for you. Let's meet. And I always just think that's super weird, you know, because you know where that's going. And she's like, oh, maybe this wasn't a good idea, but I wanted to let you know that I'm engaged now. And I'm like, in what world is it, first of all, just like normal and acceptable for you to invite your ex-fiance to a dinner to tell them that you're engaged to somebody else? Like, that's a very confusing situation to put yourself in. So I just thought that was really dumb anyway. But um, in general, like with Venom being how he was about the whole, like, let's eat faces all the time, because he really was. It was just funny how very inconsistent he also was with it. Because, like, the second that he is not with Eddie anymore, he could have gone out and eat a bunch of faces, and he didn't do it. (laughs) And then he just decides to randomly go to this rave nightclub or whatever, and, like, be around a bunch of people. (laughs) like randomly like he's just the party animal now somehow and like he's like i love you guys or whatever like that was the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen you know and i'm like well you could have eaten all of their faces if you wanted to but you didn't do it so it's very inconsistent because it seems like that's always his motivation and then once he gets the chance to actually do it that's not what he does like at all and then they just play up the whole like Venom is just funny side or quote unquote funny (laughs) with the, the nightclub thing. And just all of that was just so ridiculous. And you're just like, what is going on? Like it's the character itself wasn't even consistent with like what it tried to make you think it was. And yeah, it, it just, and and the thing is, I probably mentioned this in the first movie too, but I don't even really like the character of Eddie Brock all that much. Like, it's not like I dislike him, but I'm just kind of very indifferent towards him. Like, he's not a protagonist that I'm just kind of rooting for. And in this movie, none of them have character development. Like, so you're not really like, I love this person in this movie, or this character was, except for Dan. Dr. Dan was great. I mean, he didn't have development, really, but he was consistent, at least. But, you know, it was just like, you get Michelle, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, Michelle Williams' character, you know, and, like, she's, she's not in it a whole lot, but when she is, you just, I don't know, it just felt very, what was it? Was it the first Venom where you said she felt very cardboard in that movie? Because that's pretty much what she was in this, too. Yeah. Very cardboard, very nonchalant about all these things, you know, when, right, like, her fiancé is like, what's going on? Like, what is this again? You know, and then suddenly, like, Venom is just all over the place with, like, let me just get inside everybody now, you know, and then she's totally, yeah, she's just like, it's just like this also weird flirt flirty thing that she's doing with venom and yeah it's almost like she she like knows how to get him to respond how she wants and you're right she did kind of enjoy you know 
being Venom or Venom being with her because she was like, oh, it was kind of fun, you know. Yeah, she definitely seems way, way better and more okay with it, <laughs> you know. And uh, so, yeah, I don't understand why why he wouldn't go with her either. That's a really good point. But, you know, it, it just is, I, I feel like it tried to be too many different things. It wanted to be like this, this buddy movie. It wanted to be this action movie. It wanted to be this comic movie, you know, and then like, the even the villain like and Woody Harrelson he has this really great potential to be a scary creepy dude but I wasn't like buying him as this really vindictive whatever villain in this movie it just fell flat for me all of the performances did which isn't surprising because that's what happened in the first one but all the performances just really fell flat with how they did everything Everything felt cardboard, and and it is a shame because, man, you wasted so many good actors on this movie for them to be the exact same and not have any progression or development in their characters from the first one or even from the beginning of this movie to the end of it. Literally, everybody's the same. Nobody really learns any lessons other than Venom decides he doesn't hate Dr. Dan because he actually saved him. Like, that's literally all we get. And then maybe a little bit of Eddie saying, like, you know what, it's cool if you want to marry this other guy. But otherwise, it's really just no development, and there's no real, like, storyline in it that you're just like, I'm rooting for that to happen. Even the love story between Carnage and, um, oh, the the, the girl. Her comic book name is Shriek. Shriek, yeah. Even their storyline, you're just like, okay, like, it started out where I was like, okay, I see why they have this connection and all this stuff, but they didn't see her for, what, 20 years or something? But then they just get back together real easy, like, as if, you know, they're still madly in love, like, they've seen each other since then, even, (laughs) you know what I mean? Um, Although, I will say, as a side note, that whoever played the younger Woody Harrelson at the beginning of the movie, he did sound exactly like Woody Harrelson. Like I bought that. That was that was probably the only acting I bought. Is that kid being a younger Woody Harrelson because he sounded exactly like him. But um but yeah, so it just even that like love story between them, you didn't really care. Like it was just kind of nothingness because also at the end of it, she sort of just doesn't like that Carnage and Cassidy are together, you know, that they're one. And so then she ends up deciding that she's going to try and split them up anyway, and then just dies or disappears or whatever she does. And then all of those chances, like she wanted all of this revenge on Mulligan for, you know, shooting her eye. And, of course, convenience, like, when she has the opportunity and she's in front of him and she's, like, about to, you know, take his eye out, she doesn't, for whatever reason. I don't remember if it was, like, something happened that, like, distracted her or whatever it was, but I'm, like, all of this, like, rage about, like, oh, I want to get this guy and kill him. So many opportunities that you could have done it and you just never did. (laughs) 
you know, so it's just like that convenience of I am enraged up to a point, and then when I'm face-to-face with you, I don't do anything except tell you that I want to do something to hurt you, you know? So it was just really, yeah, it, it was really messy storytelling, and yeah, that's that's really the only extra things I wanted to add, but man, what a mess, and I, I will be thoroughly impressed with the Marvel universe for making Venom relevant with everything else or with Spider-Man, if they actually do that, I will be uber impressed if they make it work to where you're not like, I hate this. Because with Venom at this point and how they have built Venom and Eddie Brock and all of that, I just don't see it meshing well with how they've done all these other characters in you know, the Marvel world. So it'll be interesting if, if and when they do that. And, uh, I'm going to be super, super impressed if they make that work. I, I am. And they could like, they've been very good about their characters and their stories and all of that. But that, I feel like that's like a special project to take on to try and fix that mess. Well, that that reminds me, though, that, like, why did Shriek, like, turn against Carnage? I don't remember why. But I also remember thinking when it happened, that doesn't make sense. Like, it has something All she said was, this is too much. That's all she said, like... What, murder? Like, he was a fucking I, I, serial killer. He murdered, like, 27 people and put them all on a hill. And she's fine with that? Right. But, like, now you're his right, killing they don't is too actually, much? Yeah, it's like they don't actually clarify. It sounded to me like she meant, like, you and Carnage being one and doing all this killing is too much because he tried to get her out of the way. He didn't want her being herself and doing her shrieks because it was killing him. And Cassidy cared more about that. So maybe that's what it was. But you're right. They don't clarify at all. Yeah, that that was pretty much what I got from it, because because her shrieking hurt the symbiote, the carnage symbiote didn't really want her uh to be involved. Around. He was like, you know, remember, there were parts where he was like, you know, tell her to tell that tell that broad to shut up and all that other kind of stuff like that. So there was a point where she went to scream and he and the symbiote slapped her or knocked her down or hurt her or something like that and said, quit yapping or shut up or whatever, something like that, and then threatened her. So then that's when him and Cassidy started being at odds because Cassidy was like, man, don't treat her like that. Or he may have even, the symbiote may have even tried, was about to kill her or something because I think maybe she did scream hurt him and then he the symbiote tried to hurt her and so that's why Cassidy and the the symbiote were at odds or whatnot it was just that was that's all it was it was just her powers hurt him so yeah yeah I remember that but it's one of those things that like and maybe this is just my own head canon with this whole thing I don't see Cassidy not being an abusive partner. So I just, right. It it seems like he'd beat a woman, you know? So 
So <laughs> I thought that, that I mean, and I don't mean to play light of abuse or anything like that, but I'm just saying, like, if she is that badly in love with Cletus Cassidy, I'm just expecting she got slapped around a couple of times. I that mean, just, if he's willing to kill people in that manner, then, you know, it just doesn't seem far off. not unheard of. Yeah, with the type of relationship he had and killing his mother and stuff, he seems like the type of guy that slapped around his girlfriend. You mm-hmm. know, and that's just kind of what Carnage was doing, too. I mean, it's weird that I'm siding with Carnage and all that. I get it. <laughs> I mean, I'm just a normal person, so, like, I wouldn't be, you know, well, if I got lit on fire and, you know, if I was dating a woman that, like, every time she laughed or whatever, you know, she shot flames out of her mouth, I'd probably break up with her, too. Because it puts my life in danger, because, you know, I'm just a person. I can't really handle being lit on fire that well. I get it. Um, Justin, what about you? What's some more thoughts you had about this fucking movie? Well, yeah. And, um, I mean, all the stuff that you guys have said, a lot of it, um, has been touched on, but I think that just really the, the, the biggest problem is what we've already said is script and storytelling. Like they just don't develop much of anything that happens. Like, okay, I know the street character from the comics, but this didn't even bother to try to explain where her powers came from or how she even got them. She's just, she's just a child yeah. and she screams and that's it. You know, the, the, that's all you need to know. You know, we're not going to bother explaining any of that. The whole reason why Cletus Cassidy wanted Eddie Brock to do this story, he just wanted him to do it because of reasons. Like the only explanation we're given is <laughs> I like you. <laughs> I like you. Like that was it. Why do you like him? He's not even a news person. He's not even like a, a media personality anymore. I thought that he got fired and got embarrassed and all that. All that happened. So why does he even want Brock to do this? It was just weird. Why would he even <laughs> want Brock to do this? Like, that was never explained either. He was just like, Brock was like, why do you want me to do this? And he was like, because I like you. Well, why the f- hell do you like him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you like about him of all these news people and stuff? And then it was weird, too, because he's like, okay, if you do this for him, if you sit, get that message to Shriek and to let her know I'm thinking about her or love her or whatever, then I'll give you this big story about me. So. Then he does that, and then the story gets out, and now he's mad at Eddie Brock because of how the story got out, or well, the the, the yeah. manner in which it I was, was told. Like I was like, "What?" I was I so confused by that too, this- Justin. I was so confused <laughs> by that because he's like, "Yeah, like you said, he's like, put this message as the headline." Which also is that not the most Michael Scott type of headline ever? That's just infinitely way too long to be a headline. Like it's a Michael Scott or a Leslie Nope headline. Like it's just infinitely too long to be like a headline. It takes up a whole fucking page to be the headline. (laughs) And defeats the purpose of being a headline. It's supposed to be a gotcha little thing. He's like, yeah, if you print this, I'll tell you my whole story. And then he prints it and then just finds out the story himself. And then he's mad. 
I was just as lost, Justin. Now, I was <laughs> yeah. not ghosts or prisoners of Ghostland confused by it, but I was still confused. If I could, yeah, if I was at home, I would have rewound it. I would have. Yeah, exactly. Like I didn't understand any of that. So, like, none of that made any sense to me. It, it just, it totally just felt like we need these characters to interact somehow. So let's just do it this way. And then, like, why the hell? That's all it takes for me to get a symbiote. I, if I just bite Eddie Brock, I can get it. So, anybody. <laughs> if, I mean, because that's how he got it. He just bit him in this movie. So, if I bite Eddie Brock, I can just be carnage after that. You know, because that's all, because apparently that's all it took. I mean, he bit him and he was like, oh, that's not, oh, this is not blood. Oh, there's something up with you, Brock. Oh, there's something up with you. He was yelling at it from his jail cell. And I was like, don't, this better not be why he becomes carnage. And it was. <laughs> Justin, you do damn well when that happened. And he was bleeding from the mouth. He goes, damn well, that's what but they I were was doing, just Justin. Like, this, I know, but I was like, man, this is just too dumb. This is too stupid. Please don't let it be this. I was just, I was begging in my head. I was just begging the movie. Please don't let this be the reason why. And it was. And then on top of that, like, how come nothing, uh, none of the side effects carried over from the first film? In the first film, they were like, well, when you first get this bond, it's, it's irregular. It's, it's cellular and all of this. It's molecular right. and all this stuff. So it makes you sick. You can't like, like Eddie Brock was sick for like yeah. weeks. Like he, he was weakened and sick. And, and could barely stronger. Move. So yeah. yeah. And then this bond happens and he's just like, hell yeah, I'm carnage boy. Watch, watch out. And he just starts <laughs> murking and he can perfectly use the symbiote and everything like that. And it's just perfection. And I get that. Cletus Cassidy is the perfect bond with the, the symbiote host and everything. But the movie never explains that, really. The movie never says, you know, there's never, that's never explained. So nothing cares. So if I'm a person who watched the first movie and I saw all this stuff happen, well, this person got sick and all that stuff. How come he couldn't have been sick in his cell or puking or, you know, dry even and then be like man we better hurry up and kill him he might die in this cell before we get to execute him you know how well, come plus, none of that happened well plus i mean according to the movie they weren't a, a perfect match more so than venom and eddie so that you know it's just kind of like that even more the reason why he should be getting sick and why he shouldn't be functioning so well with carnage you know Exactly. And yeah, like you said, because at the end they tried to act like, well, their bond isn't as good and everything like that. So, like, why was he perfectly able to mesh with him at the beginning without any of the side effects well, of let me, what? You let me know. see if I can make sense of this. We're going through both movies. Okay. So we go in the first movie and people that are not completely compatible with their symbiote, just die. Just die. Right? 
Uh, it just flat out kills them. Yeah. yeah, they just die. And then when you're pretty compatible with it, you get essentially the flu for like a day and a half or whatever, and then you're in symbiotes. But if you're perfectly compatible, <laughs> but not truly compatible, as the people that are just pretty compatible, you show no symptoms whatsoever, but you just never actually link up. So Makes then all those people that he... All those people that he went through <laughs> yeah. in the movie when he left Eddie, they're somewhat compatible. So, yeah, okay. they're somewhat compatible. No. They're not pretty compatible like he was with Eddie. <laughs> That's pretty compatible. It just like was no issue for him to just go through all these people and like, oh my goodness, that just drove me nuts. Is nobody else yeah. just super like that was the most ridiculous scene when he went into that nightclub? It just bugs me. It, yeah, it was so dumb because they were just all in on it being this buddy cop odd couple kind of movie. So they wanted the whole breakup. This person tries to have their own life and do all this stuff, but then realizes that, you know, I'm nothing without my other half. That's what they were going for. That's what that was. But with a Venom symbiote, it's dumb. <laughs> Just yeah, like why is any- that? Why does he have the same reaction as a human with that? Like he should yeah, just like, not have this emotion of "I love everybody." Thank you for your time. Like I'm he's gonna, like telling this club that he loves them. I'm going to counter this, guys. I think that that scene was actually perfect for this movie because. It makes no goddamn sense like anything else. I, it, it, you, you can call it dumb. You can call it all these things. It fits perfectly in with this fucking movie. So I don't think yeah. that that scene is any dumber than any other scene. It just maintain, it maintains the same consistent level of god-awful stupidity that the whole fucking movie does. Right. But it's like, how are we supposed to be afraid of this thing? Or you're trying to say he's threatening when, like, he's chilling in a nightclub full of people. Like, it's just so weird to me. I don't know. Yeah. And like, and the thing is, is that if they had just taken, tried to do some different things with this, like, okay, like pretty much the majority of the beginning of this and uh, really almost into the second act was him arguing with, was Tom Hardy arguing with Venom about what they should be doing. And Venom is like, come on, man. I thought we were supposed to be fighting crime so I could be eating bad guys. And I'm hungry and I don't get to eat, you know, you know, we're supposed to be out there catching bad guys so I can eat them. They're bad people. I can eat them. And them having this conflict about should we be fighting crime or how we can fight crime or can't eat them or whatever. Well, instead of them arguing about it, how come we didn't get to see any of that? Like that would have been a cool scene to see them trying to fight crime and be a hero but at odds with each other about how to do that like i think if we had went to the streets and gotten to see some of that happen that would have been infinitely more interesting than them arguing in a room and throwing stuff at each other and tussling and stuff like that but you can just tell like the mindset of this was oh it's got to be just like a buddy cop 
odd couple comedy. So we got to have them wrestling around in the room and throwing stuff at each other and all this and arguing constantly and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, Tom Hardy was doing his best trying to uh, arguing with basically nothing because a green screen because nothing is there. Right. So he's arguing with nothing and he's trying to be entertained and he's trying to, you know, uh, uh, do whatever he can. But why not just have them trying to do the crime fighting thing? You already kind of had them get to a place in the first movie where it was like, okay, we can function together. So how come the next movie wasn't them trying to do this together, trying to fight crime together and, and being at odds at that, them trying to fight crime and venom almost losing control and trying to eat people and stuff. And Eddie Brock having to go, no, man, what are you doing? Remember what we talked about. You can't do that. Venom. Remember what we talked about. How come we didn't like to get to see any of that? You know what I'm saying? Why are we just sitting at a hotel arguing about it? That that was so boring to me when we could have like done some action stuff and actually seen this conflict play out, you know, I think would have been a more effective way to do that. And you still could have got the same to the same conclusion with them having this conflict, but that would have been a much better way of doing it. You know, let us see some of these things play out. Not just ar- sit in a hotel and argue about them or in an apartment and argue about them. You know what I'm saying? But, but Justin, because it decided to go. Well, well, yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying that shows how bad this movie was because they did kind of show that whenever he attacked the purse mugger and was going to eat his head, but instead threw him in a trash can 20 feet away. Yeah, whenever he was by himself. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, yeah. this is when he was yep. with Eddie. And he said, fine, I won't. Yeah. Yeah. Like, or whatever he said. Uh, yeah, the whole scene's like 15 seconds. Okay. But yeah, that's that's the thing. Is it did exactly what you're talking about, but it does it so poorly that it's really not what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that you're right. That did happen to an extent. And I guess maybe that's what it was. They thought they had it and were just like, okay, we, we did that little thing. So that sets it up. Now we can do all this arguing right here. But man, I don't know, man. I wish that they had, I guess they, I felt like they need, that wasn't enough for me. Like they needed to dive more into that. We needed to see more examples of it and stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe I didn't feel that that scene justified all the art. But then the arguing was like way more. There was way more scenes of arguing and conflict and stuff like that more than it was like action stuff. So maybe that's why I felt like I, I maybe I just felt like that wasn't enough for me. I wanted more stuff happening. But 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 yeah, that's a good point. I guess they did do a scene kind of like that with the purse snatcher, but it, like you said, it just wasn't effective enough, man. Well, you are right, Justin. This movie is 93% just them arguing with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and it's just sad that we couldn't find something more interesting for these characters to do, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just sucks that that was the the extent of what we were doing and like if we were trying to fight crime the whole time 
like if we were getting to see him going to different crime scenes, trying to and them being at odds with even how they're tracking criminals, who to go after, being at odds about who to go after, um, the whole crime process. I, I think there's a way more interesting movie about this person that is two di- these two different personalities in one person trying to figure out how to best approach crime fighting or vigilant or vigilantism. I think that that that's th- there's a much cooler idea here and we just didn't have that because we got this buddy cop comedy thing, you know. Mhm. which sucks, you know. But <laughs> but I digress. I mean y'all get the point. But like to me that was a missed opportunity. That that's just one of the many things in this movie that feels like a missed opportunity. And then like with the whole Cletus Cassidy thing and everything like that with him having this girl and she was the only person and all this kind of stuff. I just, that, that just seemed, did, did we, did he need to have that? I mean, did we need, I just don't know. Why we needed all of that? Why did Venom? Why did Carnage need a sidekick? Because Shriek is his sidekick in Maximum Carnage. That's the sole reason why. So that's why we thought we yeah. needed to do that here yeah. instead of having. Dude, him that's just what I was saying. Is this is Maximum then- <laughs> Carnage without Spider-Man. I guess technically without Doppelganger and the Hobgoblin, also. But yeah, it's still it's it's Maximum Carnage just without Spider-Man. Is all they were yeah, trying so to do? So they just. Yeah, yeah, but God, I just, I hated how his motivation and everything he was doing was driven by that. And I mean, I guess they thought that that kind of humanized the character a little bit, but they didn't do it. It didn't. He just was still (laughs) uh, like murderous and savage, but Giving him that love element that they they just didn't develop it enough at all for it to be effective in the least bit. So I just wasn't feeling that, man. I just, uh, you know, God, I just wish that this didn't, that they didn't take the PG-13 buddy cop approach with this. Because, man, like, why couldn't Carnage just be like the worst serial killer ever because he has the symbiote and just be tracking people and killing people in all these murderous ways and doing all this just absolutely crazy shit because he's carnage and now he's because he is a serial killer with now a symbiote you know and going back and trying to kill people that maybe he thought led to him being arrested you know, and stuff like that, and 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 going back and killing family members now because he's got this symbiote, and now he's going to wreak havoc on everybody and everyone that ever wronged him, and all this other kind of stuff. You know, I don't know, man. I just feel like there was such a better way to do this character, and it just sucks that this is what we got. You know, um, I, I just think that there was just a better way to do this character where he didn't need to have kind of the the maximum carnage gimmick and then the last thing i'll talk about is just the fighting like you said how disappointing was that fighting 
I mean, Venom and Carnage can do so much cool stuff. They can, you know, turn into symbiote globs and glide up walls and they can, you know, go in and out. They can basically, it's not teleporting that they just travel quickly. They can travel quickly underneath things and around things and stuff like that. Carnage can shoot like these projectile things and Venom can, you know, I've seen comics where they fight where like Carnage will make all these little bladed projectile things and he'll basically like fling part of his symbiote as a bladed kind of weapon, making these bladed kind of weapons. And then Venom can like take a part of his symbiote and make it like, you know, make a big portion of it go up in front of him to kind of create a shield and block all that stuff. How come we didn't get to see none of the cool shit that they do in the comics? No, Justin, correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. Did Carnage ever do a single blade hand in this? I know he did a lot of spikies. Lots of spikies and lots of spears. But he did, did he ever do a blade hand? You know, like he'll do that one no. that almost looks like an axe blade hand? Yeah, that looks like an axe and all these kind of cutting, thrashing weapons and stuff. He, I mean, maybe there there was one time where he had the spike and he kind of did something to that effect. But no, man, he never really did that. And there was a time where he kind of made a spikish sort of thing and he was stabbing Venom and stuff. But man, dude, that fight should have been way more creative than that. How come they could have both been like symbiote globbing up walls and grabbing each other and fighting upside down and you know, ju- you know, one person grabs the other person, then the other person appears behind him and grabs him, and then he globs through him and then grabs him. Like, I mean, maybe they had some sort of similar things, but but it just was nowhere near as cool as it should have been for what those two can do. And I just wish that there was more creativity with those fights. And it's all CGI anyway, so why not do some cool shit? You know. Well, exactly. Like, it should have been. It should have been like the mountain and the viper from Game of Thrones. Like Venom should have just been a huge hulking brawler, and Carnage should have just been faster and just slashing the fuck out of him the whole time. Just like yeah, just slashing and cutting, and it's just a fury of weapons against a big brute. It's what it should have been. Like I'm not saying that that's always the characterizations that they get from the comics. Like it would have just fit so much better if you had them have two distinctive different fighting styles and go yeah. at it instead of it just being yeah some tentacle shit just flailing into each other constantly. Yep, and that's essentially all you had was just that. So it felt so similar to kind of what we got in that first movie. When this should have been like way more creative of a fight, you could have done so many different things with them because of how they fight. And it just sucks that we didn't get any of that. That was such a disappointing. I I thought at least at the very least, if I wasn't going to get a good movie, we would at least nail the fight at the end. And we didn't do that either. So I was just like, yeah. I think the reason why they had the love interest with Carnage and Shrink is what I'm going to call the Killmonger effect. They wanted to have something that's universally relatable. And while Killmonger's wasn't necessarily universally relatable to a lot of people, but 
it still was a very relatable villain. He's still evil, still a bad guy, but you can understand his motives. That's what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And so, but it just makes no sense in this because like we've all talked about, they haven't seen each other in like 27.3 years. How did he even know she could read the newspaper? No one knows. How did he even know she right, was still exactly. alive? No one knows. So like none of that aspect of it makes sense because why wouldn't he think she's dead just like the police guy that shot her did? You know, like it makes no exactly. sense with any of that. What they should have done is they could have actually kept a lot of this very similar and start the movie the same way and have him like, you know, him just like he go to interview Cletus Cassidy because Cletus wants him to interview him and have him deliver a line. And he like, put that in your article and I'll tell you my whole story. And to have that line just be something that's taunting the victims. And Eddie doesn't realize it. So everybody kind of gets mad at Eddie. But with Venom's help, Eddie does figure out where all the dead bodies are. Cool. And so that redeems Eddie to the public. And it pisses off Carnage. It, pl- it pisses off Cletus. He's like, you fucking gave away my only chip I had. Now everybody knows where my victims are. And now, you know, they have no reason to put me not put me in the death penalty like they do in the movie. You can even do the whole, he bites him and that's how he gets venom and all this other shit. And then he can break out of jail, keep all that part the same, but then have him as carnage stalking everybody in Eddie Brock's life because he felt like Eddie Brock ruined the last opportunity he had. And the one game he had left to play, which is, I know where the victims are and you don't. So he just methodically just stalks and kills people in Eddie's life. And then at the end, he gets Michelle Williams' character and he, because he wants Eddie to watch her die, not just kill her. He wants to, want, and so that's what attracts him to go after him and to like to have the final confrontation. You could have done something like that, and it would have been way fucking better. Man, yeah. that would have been way better. Doesn't than that this. fix so much bullshit in this movie? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, nothing more to add. Like, I mean, it, it does. That that sounds like an infinitely better story than what we got. I mean, this, it just, it just didn't even feel like they tried, man. They just said, we got these characters, how they got to fight. It was almost like they led with that. Like, they were like, okay, we got these two characters, Venom and Carnage. We know they have to fight. So how are we going to get there? And then they went, uh, and started putting stuff down. Well, why does Carnage, you know, want to, w- w- how does Eddie Brock win this fight? Well, uh, how about we give, you know, how about, you know, Car- Carnage teamed up with Shrek in a comic. So how about this? Well, we'll th- that'll be the love interest. So we'll introduce that character and have her in there. Well, are we going to explain that character? No, not really. It's just there because we need a way to end this. <laughs> once we get to the third act okay um what's next and it was just almost like they just knew where it was gonna end but the rhyme or reason or thought of how we were gonna get there just didn't matter as much as long as we get there now Justin, and have yeah. some laughs along the way i know you accidentally misspoke when you said this but i like your idea for a movie because you said I know the, when the writers were talking, they were like, oh, I know he teamed up with Shrek in the comics. I know you meant Shriek. We all know you meant Shriek. But 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> How kind of cool would it have been if Carnage teamed up with Shrek in this movie? I might have liked that movie. <laughs> I'm just saying that's a possibility I didn't think about. That might make this movie better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Let's just Shrek. start putting Venom with a random Shrek other Carnage? characters. Oh, a symbiote Shrek. That'd be crazy. Then the ogre would really have layers. Exactly, man. I, I, I just nice. I like that idea. Like I said, I know you just kind of misspoke. We know what you meant, but you kind of Freudian slipped into a great idea. <laughs> um, The one last thing I want to say that kind of goes back to what Heather was talking about with, you know, Michelle Williams and, and, and Venom and all this other stuff. And you guys can not answer if you don't want to, but I'm going to ask you a question. Did you guys think that Michelle Williams wanted to fuck Venom? Like, not fuck Eddie. Wanted to fuck Venom. Because I did. I think she, she definitely had more fuck, chemistry with Venom. She wanted to fuck the symbiote. I'm just <laughs> saying. That's that's how it came across. She wanted to fuck the symbiote. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah, she was very convincing in that scene. <laughs> Which, that's weird. I can see. That's the weirdest thing. Her best acting in both of these movies. And don't get me wrong. She's a great actress. But her best acting in yeah. any of these movies was how believably she wanted to fuck Venom. So upsetting. It, weird choices all about. Just weird choices. <laughs> uh, do you guys have any more thoughts about Venom to let there be carnage also? Where the fuck this movie is called? Negative. <laughs> no. Or is it Venom also and Let There Be Carnage too? I don't know. Who fucking knows? Um, all right. So on that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Simulslayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.simulslayers.com or Twitter and wait, no, or Facebook where we're Cinema Slayers podcast or Twitter and Instagram where we're Cinema underscore Slayers or TikTok where we are Cinema Slayers pod where I'm still in the middle of doing uh, five months of me reviewing a different movie every day. And I'm still going, so it's going. Uh, so check that out. Uh, shout out to Plug Migo and Mundo Ochoa for our theme song and logos, respectively. Give us a five-star rating review. That'd really help us out. We'd really appreciate it. Let us know your thoughts on Venom, too. We can't be the only ones that think this way, because the movie fucking sucks. Um, tell your family. Tell your friends. Tell your friends' family. Tell your family's friends. Especially tell those mothers. Unless your mother wants to also fuck Venom like Michelle Williams does. Then don't tell them, because they might just... It might make it just a little weird. But if they don't want to fuck Venom, they'll absolutely love this episode and tell them all about it. And uh, as I was in the podcast, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight, just like Michelle Williams, well, kind of, is an Academy Award winning uh, type of thing with uh, Moon Knight being a Best Picture winner. Is that a song with the word carnage in it? I can't think of a song well, that I'm has sure there carnage is. in the hook. But there's that, that has there's, carnage in the hook. There's that Eminem song that's all Venom, 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 Venom. Or something oh, like yeah. that. <laughs> Venom, yeah, that is the song. Yeah, he does say that. He goes like Venom, 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 Venom. Or something like that.
or something like that. You could have done that. Although this movie does make me hate that song. Not because that song's in this movie, just because I don't like hearing the word Venom. So. Oh, good. Thank you, Venom, for making me hate Eminem. Way to go. I'm out.